Thank you, Jesus, for confirming your word with signs and wonders and healings and deliverance. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you and thank you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we are continuing where we left last Sunday. The Greater Love, Part 2. The Greater Love, Part 2. We saw in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 20 that in the last days, the love of so many will was cold. That one of the things that the enemy is determining in these last days is to make so many Christians, to make so many believers, their love for Christ to grow cold. That is one strategy of, of the devil for these end times. So if you see yourself not able to do the things that God wants you to do, if you see yourself not wanting to pray, not wanting to study the word of God, not wanting to attend church service, not wanting to do the right thing to advance the kingdom of God, know that it is an attack on your love walk. It is what? It is an attack on your love walk. Hallelujah. Listen carefully. The, the enemy's weapon for these last days is to make sure that so many Christians, their love for Christ, start going down, start reducing, start getting cold. And that's why Jesus said that in the last days, the love of many shall was cold. Matthew 24. Hallelujah. Please invite your friends to be part of this word. Invite them so that their love for Christ will not grow cold. Invite them so that they will know how to keep their love for Christ on fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If there's one thing I have discovered all these years working with the Lord is learning how to keep my love for God on fire even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it looks like everything is against me. I have learned how to keep my love for the Father, for the Lord Jesus Christ, for his word on fire. Hallelujah. And I think it is very important for us to also learn this secret. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The scripture says in Matthew 24, let's go to Matthew 24. Praise the Lord. Matthew 24. Verse 12. It says, and because iniquity shall abound, the word iniquity means sin, all kinds of crookedness. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wash cold. Shall wash cold. You know, this is this is the enemy strategy to use sin to make sure that most people, most believers, their love for Christ begins to get cold. He will entice so many believers into sin or remaining in sin, never walking in sanctification and holiness. He will entice so many believers into, in, into compromising certain things that they wouldn't have done. Because we are in the last days, the enemy will release these arrows of iniquity into the lives of so many believers. Hallelujah. But there is a way to keep your love on fire. When your love is on fire, iniquity will be swallowed up in victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
when your love is on fire, every form of iniquity will be swallowed up in victory. The scripture says, verse 13, But he that shall endure unto the end, the sin shall be saved. I see the spirit of endurance coming upon you. And through the love of Christ, we are able to endure. We are able to do what? We are able to endure. Through the love of Christ, we are able to endure. Praise the Lord. Love grants you the grace to endure. Love, that's what, gives you the grace to endure. Love is kind. Love is patience. You see the patience, the word patience, that means endurance. Endurance. And your faith, that will keep you moving. Is, 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 it, no, resist its life from the love of Christ that is in you. Your faith is kept alive. Your faith is kept alive by the love of Christ that is burning in you by the fire of his love. Praise the Lord. So we said there were two things Jesus did. Two things Jesus did. That made the Father to say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well placed. Praise the Lord. Now, I want us to go to Philippians chapter, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2. Please listen carefully. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. This is my month. This month, God is taking me higher into a greater dimension of his word, into a greater dimension of his power, into a greater dimension of the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read together. Verse 5 to 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. The scriptures reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Thought it no robbery to be equal with God. Jesus was 100% God. He said he did not think it was robbery to be equal to God. Even as a man, he never thought that way. The scripture said, But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of his servant and was made in the likeness of man. Hallelujah. This is so wonderful. Please listen to, look, look at verse 7 again. But made himself of no reputation. That is, Jesus came to a point where he did not, he left all the glory that the Father gave him. His position with the Father, he dropped it. His stand with the Father, he dropped it. He made himself of no reputation and took upon himself took upon him the form of a servant. He was 100% God, but he took upon him the form of a servant. Please underline that statement. Jesus took upon him the form of a servant. There were two things Jesus did. I told you the first one. Jesus laid down his life for us. He said, I have power to lay down my life. I have power to receive it. The second thing Jesus did, that the Father swore a blessing of him, the Father spoke blessings upon him, was he made himself of no reputation. Look at this again. He took upon himself, 
the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the form of, in the likeness of man. Everything was created by Christ. In Proverbs chapter 8, if you read Proverbs chapter 8 and you study Proverbs chapter 8, you will understand that creation is the handiwork of Christ. Creation, the universe, the heavens, everything created is the handiwork of the Lord Jesus Christ. But here is the, the creator of the heavens and the earth making himself of no reputation. I mean, taking himself taking upon the form of a servant, the form of a man, he became a man in order to lay down his life for us. When you take upon you the love of Christ, when you take upon you the cross of Christ, when you take upon you the spirit of love, you are no longer worried about your reputation here on earth. You are no longer worried whether men and women, whether they, whether they recognize you or not. You are no longer worried about what is going on. In fact, when you take upon your life, when you take upon yourself the spirit of love, when you allow the love of the Father to take control over your heart, it brings you to that point where you are no longer worried about earthly titles whether they ever recognize you or not, whether they call you the right name or not, whether they, if you are a bishop, whether they call you bishop or not, it doesn't bother. It doesn't matter to you. All that matters to you is you want to please the Father. You want to run the race that the Father has given you. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to look at that verse 7 carefully. Philippians chapter 2 verse 7 but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of what? Man. Verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Now look, another, another thing Jesus did. He did what? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Hallelujah. This is how he offered his life for us. He became obedient, even obedient unto death, even the death of what? The cross. That's what Jesus said in the Gospels, that if any man will follow him, let that man take his cross. Let that man take his cross. The cross there, most people think the cross there is just to suffer and suffer and suffer in order to make you to heaven. No. The cross there, is the demonstration of your love. The cross there is the laying down of your life. If any man will come after me, let him pick up his cross and follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be. The cross there is the laying down of your life for the gospel, for the advancement of his kingdom. Praise the Lord. Verse 9 says that it's a wherefore God has also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every knee should bow 
of things in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Where he humbled himself, where he took upon himself the form of a servant, where he took upon himself the form of a man, when he became obedient even to death, to the death of the cross, the Father also had exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I speak to you, precious ones. I speak to everyone listening right now, watching right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whatever was against your destiny, I command it to bow to the power of the name Jesus Christ. I command it to bow to the authority of the name Jesus Christ. I command it destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. Be thou loosed in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. He made himself of no reputation. Praise the Lord. Now listen carefully. The Father sought a blessing upon him. He said, Wherefore the Father also highly exalted him and gave him a name. And gave him a what? A name which is above every other name. Which is above every other name. Do you want the Father to give you a new name? Do you want the Father to give you a name? Do you want a name with the Father? Listen carefully. According to the book of Revelation, if you look at the foundation, the Jasper Wall, there are, there are, the names of the apostles are written therein. But when the great man of God, the plaintiff, got the opportunity, when God took him to heaven and he saw the names, he saw first Peter, James, uh, uh, Peter, James, and Paul. Paul was among the first three. I mean, he was the last of the apostles. But he entered into the first three when those names were written. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. That is, if I'm going to live, it must be Christ and nothing else. Hallelujah. He said nothing is more profitable except Christ. Listen carefully. There is a name the Father will give you. I'm not talking about the name, your name written in the book of life. That one is already written. But there is a name the Father will give you here on earth. That even after your assignment here on earth is gone, that name will still be speaking. That name will still be speaking. And you can look around us now. There are people that are going to be with the Lord, yet their names are still speaking. Their names are still speaking. There's no day. No, I mean, today is Sunday. The gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached and the name Paul is being mentioned. The name Peter is being mentioned. The name James is being mentioned. Hallelujah. And even right now, there are names that are being mentioned like Wigglesworth. Names like Kenneth Hagen, the father of modern faith. Praise the Lord. All right. 
So the Father gave him a name that is above every name, that at the mention of the name Jesus, every name must bow. Now, please listen carefully. In Ephesians chapter 5, the Lord commanded us, he said, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself unto it. Praise the Lord. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. And then please put something in Ephesians chapter 2 because we are making a connection here. I want you to see the mystery of the God kind of love, the greater love. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse, verse 23. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. Let me start from verse 22. For a clear picture. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as Christ is subject unto, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in all things. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, please underline the last phrase, and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, this is so important. Most husbands, most men, when they read this, they, they don't pay attention to the last phrase. He said, and gave himself for it. He did what? He gave himself. He gave himself. You see, love has to do with giving of self. Love has to do with what? With giving of self. Love has to do with giving of self. That is why in John chapter 10, verse 17. Look, look, let's go to John Gospel chapter 10. The greater love we are talking about has to do with giving of self. Giving of self. I know you are born again. And if anything at all, you are going to make it to heaven. But if you want to prove the sincerity of your love, you must give yourself, your body, unto the Lord as a sacrifice. You must give your body as a what? As a sacrifice. He said, and give himself. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. How did Christ give himself to the church? Number one, he became a man. He became a servant. He became a servant. He humbled himself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He did what? He humbled himself. Now let's go to John chapter 10. John Gospel chapter 10. Look at verse 17. He said, therefore does my father love me. Why? Because I laid down my life that I might take it again. The greater love is laying down of yourself for the gospel, for the kingdom, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. Laying down your life. Laying down yourself. Listen carefully. In this kingdom, 
you are not recognized until you are willing to lay down your life for the gospel. Most Christians are so alive in their flesh, they are not yet crucified. Remember Galatians 2.20? Paul said, I am, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lived in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. So the greater love that we are talking about is laying down your life for the gospel. Is giving your life for the gospel. Giving your life for the gospel. Verse 18, Jesus said, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father. He said, This commandment I have received of the Father. So the Father commanded him to lay down his life for the church. And then he said, Husbands, love your wife. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave himself for the church by laying down his life. He gave himself to the church by laying down his life. That is how the husbands must do to the wives. And that is what each one of us must do in this kingdom. Until you are willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you are not willing to live. Please write that down. Until you are willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you are not willing to live in this kingdom. Until you are willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you are not willing to live in this kingdom. To live in this kingdom is to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I beseech you brethren. By the message of God. That you offer your bodies. As living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Unto the Lord. Which is your reasonable service. You see that. You offer your body. You offer your life. As a living sacrifice, becoming a living sacrifice is the dimension of the greater love that is in Christ Jesus. Becoming a what? A living sacrifice. Becoming a living sacrifice. Praise the Lord. So Jesus laid down his life by way of what? Obedience unto death. Jesus laid down his life by way of what? Obedient unto death. Obedient unto death. The death of the cross. Nobody saying go to the cross for them to put this in your hands and in your feet. No. But you commit yourself unto the cause of the gospel by way of sacrifice. By way of what? By way of sacrifice. Nothing is stronger in this kingdom than a sacrifice. 
Nothing is stronger in this kingdom than, than a what? Than a sacrifice. Let me show you how the enemy immediately, you know, uh, 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 corrupted the power of seed and sacrifice. Remember John chapter 12. Jesus said, except a seed of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. That seed Jesus was talking about was your life. Was what? Your life. Now, when the prosperity, when God began to open our eyes to, the, to prosperity in the kingdom, men began to understand, people began to understand that when you sow a financial seed, when you give financially something that you could not normally give or you will not normally give, heavens will open. God will respond to that sacrifice. So because of that, people began to emphasize on what? Sacrificial given, sacrificial given, see sowing, see sowing. And now the enemy has corrupted that message. That now almost everything in the kingdom now, there are some people now, they are calling, they claim their calling is for see sowing, for people to sow financially, for people to give financially. There's no calling like that in scriptures. You are called to preach the gospel. And if there is a need for the gospel financially, you can raise money for that. You can do what? You can raise money for that. I understand that there are some men of God who have more grace in that area than others. But the enemy has corrupted that area of sea sowing. That in the kingdom, everything now, most preachers, most pastors, most prophets, everything now is so seed, so seed, so seed. Because they have come to a point where they think that sowing seed, you know, as a sacrifice, will turn every captivity around. Let me tell you the truth. The greatest sacrifice you can offer to God is not your money. It's your body. It's your life. It's your life. You have given your life to him by way of accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is just the initial stage. That is just the initial step. The next step is to demonstrate it. To demonstrate the giving of your life through your body. You demonstrate it. Have you forgotten the scripture says, what man of love is this? That a man laid down his life for his brethren. And he said, we ought to lay down our lives for one another. We ought to lay down our lives for one another. The making of men in this kingdom is traceable to them offering their lives as living sacrifices. Please write this statement down. The making of men in this kingdom is traceable to what? Is traceable to men and women offering their lives, offering their bodies as living sacrifices. Until you are willing to be sacrificed, you are not willing to live. And until you are sacrificed on the altar of God, he cannot make you. He cannot give you a name. Praise the Lord. I went to head in the book of Proverbs. I said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Do what? He said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. 
the enemy is going to attack so many men and women in the area of their love work. And if you don't want your love to fail, like that of Peter, when Peter told that girl that I don't know this man, I don't know him, three times. And Jesus have to reinstate Peter by asking Peter, he said, Peter, lover, lovest thou me more than this? Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this? Hallelujah. Peter's heart was with the Lord, but not his body. His heart was with the Lord, but his flesh has not been crucified yet. He, he had not offered his life as a sacrifice. He has not offered his life. He has not offered his body as a sacrifice. That is why a small girl could challenge Peter. And Peter denied him. Please listen carefully. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians. Let, let, let me read that scripture to you. Thank you, Jesus. Most people don't pay attention at all to their bodies. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Let, let me read this to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read this wonderful verse of scripture about your body. And I believe it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. It said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? No matter how spiritual you become, if your body is not offered as a living sacrifice, you could never attain to the blessings of God in your life. He said, what? Know you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? He didn't say your spirit. He didn't say your spirit. He said, no. He said, what? Your body. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Verse 20 says that, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So God is glorified in your body. First, God is glorified in your body. God is glorified in your body. And that can only happen when you come to a point of walking in the greater love that is in Christ Jesus. It's a greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Do you see that? Greater love that no man has than this. Greater love has no man than this. That a man laid down his life. His life. His, his physical life. He laid down his physical life. Look, Jesus not only laid down his spirit man. He laid down his body. That is why he never, look, he did not resist. There was no resistance from Christ. When they came to arrest him, he did not resist. He was led as a sheep. He was led as a what? As a sheep. Look, we quote Psalms 23 a lot. We quote it and we claim it, but we don't understand it. 
He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Eh? The Lord is my shepherd. Man, before the Lord can be your shepherd, you as a sheep would have been slaughtered. You would have been what? Slaughtered. You, you would have been killed. Listen carefully. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Go to Isaiah 53 in a minute. Look at the prophetic word concerning Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you excited this morning? Isaiah 53. <laughs> verse 6. Isaiah 53 verse 6. He said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We all are sheep as what? We have gone astray. So you are a sheep. But wait. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was brought as a what? As a lamb to the slaughter. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Most believers are not willing to be brought to the slaughterhouse. Most believers are not willing for the knife of the Holy Ghost to go to them. Mm. The Holy Ghost has a knife. The Holy Ghost has a what? The Holy Ghost has a knife. Only few are willing for that knife to go through them. Hallelujah. Verse 7. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. Man, that is how Christ laid down his life for us. He offered his body as a lamb. He came to the slaughter. He was brought to the cross as a lamb to the slaughter. He was slaughtered for you and I to live. And make no mistake. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him also take his cross and follow me. Let him also take his cross and follow me. Let him also take his cross and follow me. Until you are willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, then you are not yet in love. Until you are willing to offer yourself as a living sacrifice unto the Lord, then you are no long, you are not yet in love. You are not yet in love. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. That a man laid down his life for his friends. And if you have to lay down your life for your friends, as a lamb, you will be led to the slaughter. You'll be led to the what? The slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumped, so he opened not his mouth. You see that? He opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9. 
he was, he said, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he has done no, no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put upon him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering of sin, for he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied, and by knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Verse 12 says, Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Transgressors. You see that? Look at all the things that Jesus went through physically and spiritually. Then verse 54, chapter 54, verse 1, it says, Sink, O ye barren, barren, that did not bear, break forth unto singing, and cry aloud, that, that that did not travel with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. He said, enlarge your place, your tent. Hallelujah. In this kingdom, men are made when they lay down their lives. Men are not made when they keep on to their lives. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Listen carefully. Let's, let's, let me just re refresh your mind here. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, the churches in Macedonia was a unique church. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and the, in their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship to the, to the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hope, but first gave their own selves unto the Lord. Now, you see why giving and sowing in the kingdom is not profiting so many Christians? They are giving but their bodies are not being offered. The churches in Macedonia, Paul was talking about the grace of God upon them. That even these people were afflicted. They were in bondages. They were going through a lot, but they gave unto the cause of the gospel. And Paul said, not only that, he said, first of all, they gave themselves their physical bodies, they gave themselves 
to the cause of the gospel. They gave themselves to the cause of the gospel. I mean, there are so many people today, since the beginning of the year, they have never prayed once for the advancement of God's kingdom. They have never prayed once for souls to be brought into the kingdom. They have never spoken to anyone to give their life to Christ. They have not prayed for one person and they are busy asking God, Lord, why are things not working for me? They gave their own selves unto the Lord. They gave their own selves unto the Lord. First, he said, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. By the will of God. By the will of God. If you are not willing to become a sacrifice in the hand of God. Look, that is why spies and enchantments are busy working against Christians. That is why Christians are busy chasing witches. I mean, if, if you have become a sacrifice, I mean, can you imagine? Can a dead man be sick? Can you imagine a witch chanting, casting spells upon a dead man? Can you imagine an occultic man casting spells upon a dead man? No. You are dead in Christ and your life is hidden in him. It takes love to experience the death of the cross. Please write that statement down. It takes what? It takes love to experience the death of the cross. It takes love to experience the death of the cross. It takes love. It takes love to experience the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. That a man laid down his life for his friends. Glory to God. Jesus humbled himself. He became a man and offered himself as a living sacrifice. So we must humble ourselves. Listen carefully. It is humility to walk in love. It is what? It is humility to walk in love. It is humility to walk in love. It is humility to walk in love. It takes love to experience the death of the cross. Make no mistake about that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. First John. First John chapter 3. Verse 1. It says, Behold, Look, what manner of love that so what manner of love, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. We should be called what sons of God. What love is this that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God? Can you imagine that you and I today, because of the love of the Father, we are called sons of God. How? He said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. You see that? 
God so loved the world, he gave his only son. God so loved the world, he gave himself. He gave himself. And that, that's what the scriptures say, hereby, that same John chapter, 1 John 3, verse 16, hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. You see that? We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. How do you lay down your life for the brethren? You go out there and win souls. You go out there and minister to men and women. You go out there and proclaim that Christ is Lord. Most Christians are only comfortable saying Christ is Lord in the church. They are all comfortable of their Christianity in the church. When they go outside, they are unbelievers in disguise. They are unbelievers in what? In disguise. When they come to church, they are Christians. When they go out, they are unbelievers. They come to church, they are Christians. Such Christianity, such Christians cannot experience the power of God. They cannot experience the glory of God. God cannot swear blessings upon them. God cannot manifest himself to them. It took love for Christ to go to the cross. It took take love for you to offer your life as a sacrifice unto God. It took love, please write that down as a statement. It took love for Christ to what? To offer himself on the cross for you and I. It took take love for you to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. And until you are willing to become a sacrifice, you are not willing to see his power. You are not willing to see, to, to see his glory. Hallelujah. Most Christians cannot escape the attacks of the enemy. Simple because they are not walking in love. Except a seed of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. The harvest of your life cannot manifest until you have offered your life as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Please write that down. The harvest of your life cannot manifest until you have offered your life as a living sacrifice. Becoming a living sacrifice brings you to the point of death. The death of the cross. And the death of the cross brings you to the harvest of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Becoming a living sacrifice brings you to the death of the cross. The death of the cross brings you to the harvest of his resurrection. And when Jesus rose up again, he gathered many sons and daughters unto God the Father. Unto God the Father. Unto God the Father. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Have you forgotten that? Look, look, uh, uh, look, 10. The, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. The harvest is sure, but only a few are willing to be sacrificed. Hallelujah. The harvest is plenty, 
The harvest is sure. Look, your harvest in the kingdom of God is sure. What is not sure is your sacrifice. What is not sure is you lay down your life. If you will lay down your life for the cause of the gospel, then the Holy Spirit will fulfill his part of the harvest of his resurrection. That's what Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see that? Who loved me? He first, he first of all died with Christ. That's the demonstration of the greater love. He laid down his life on the cross for the gospel. And then he said, nevertheless, I am alive. How? He said, Christ is living through me. That's the harvest of the resurrection. The harvest of the resurrection. If you want to experience the resurrected life, then you must first go to the cross. You must first be nailed to the cross. To be nailed to the cross is to lay down your life for the brethren. And it takes humility to do that. And Jesus became a man. He humbled himself. He became obedient even to the death of the cross. He became obedient to the death of the cross. The question here is how many believers are willing to become obedient to the death of the cross? How many are willing to become obedient to the death of the cross? How many are willing to be obedient to the death of the cross? How many are willing to become obedient to the death of the cross? The harvest is sure. The harvest is there. But how many are willing to become obedient to the death of the cross? Paul said in Philippians 1, 20, uh, 20, 21, he said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. That if I am alive in this body, it is Christ living. It is Christ living. Hallelujah. Will you make every day of your life Christ-driven life? Christ living. Not you, but Christ living. Christ living. Hallelujah. I look at my own life. God is just starting with me. He hasn't started yet. He's just beginning. He's just about to begin. I came to a point that I knew that only God could do something about my life. I knew that only God could do something about my life. And God used Romans chapter 12, verse 1, to get my attention. He said, I beseech you that you offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. I said, Lord, <laughs> if this body is good for you, take it. If this life is good for you, take it. I offer it to you as a living sacrifice. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Becoming sacrifice is not sweet. It's not sweet at all. But if you will endure the pains of sacrifice, the joy and the glory of the harvest outweighs the pains. The joy and the glory of the harvest, it outweighs the pains and the sufferings. It outweighs it. It outweighs it. I have experienced it. And I can tell you, the pains cannot be compared to the glory.
the pains cannot be compared to the harvest. This thing that you are not willing to go all out for God is the reason which is still harassing you. Can you imagine committing yourself to the cause of the gospel? You have no reason to believe that anybody is working against you. You have no reason to believe that there are spells and enchantments. In fact, you will come to a point of believing that witches and wizards, demonic men and women don't even exist. Because they will no longer be a subject of concern. My prayer, to, my prayer for you is that you will offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That is the greatest sacrifice here on earth. Listen carefully. It's not a sacrifice of going to blow yourself. Oh, no, no, no. That's not sacrifice. No. That is wickedness. Sacrifice of laying down your life for others to live. Laying down your life for the gospel. The harvest is sure. And the scripture says in Genesis, I think Genesis chapter 6, it says, it says as the earth remained, seed time and harvest shall not cease. Your seed time is your crucifying time, which is your love for God, which is the demonstration of your love for God. Your seed time is your death of the cross, is your obedience to the death of the cross, which many will mock you, many will despise you, many will insult you, many will say all kinds of things against you. Those are your seasons of passing through the cross. But when the harvest comes, oh man, you even forget that you ever went through the cross. Just like a woman having the pains of child labor. Initially, it's so painful. But after the delivery, she soon forgets the pains. I pray this morning that the Holy Spirit will, um, will open your eyes for you to see the importance of coming to this point of greater love. Greater love has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. And this is how we perceive the love of Christ, that we lay down our lives for one another. In order for you to live in this kingdom, you must be willing to lay down your life as a sacrifice. In order for you to succeed in this kingdom, you must be willing to lay down your life and that is the demonstration of your love. That is what? The demonstration of your love. That is the demonstration of your love. That is the demonstration of your love. Jesus said, this commandment I have received of my father. This commandment I have received of my father. He received the commandment from the father to lay down his life. He received the commandment of the, from the father to lay down his life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that is the same commandment the Father is asking us, is giving to us, that we lay down our lives for one another. Let me tell you something. When you read in scriptures, you see the word commandments eh, in the New Testament. So when the word commandments is used, people get confused. There are two. The, the commandments given to the New Testament believer is love, one another as I have loved you. And then you see another commandment given. He said, this will perceive the love of Christ. That we love 
one another. We lay down our lives for one another. Those put together, we have the commandments of God. So in the New Testament, what they are talking about, commandments of God, don't get confused. But thinking that there are so many thousands of commandments to keep. No, there are two of them. Commandments. Two commandments in the New Covenant. Two commandments. You love your neighbor as Christ has loved you. He said, love one another as I have loved you. That's one commandment. The second commandment is the one we've read. First John chapter 3. Let me, let me read it again in case you weren't here. First John chapter 3. I think it's verse 6. No, verse 16. First John 3, 16. Hereby perceive with the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Those are the commandments given. Those are the commandments given. Hallelujah. So that is why for, for most people to think that the law is more potent and powerful than grace makes you spiritually blind. And that grace, the commandment is higher and the, is higher than the one under the law. Under the law, you are not taught to love your neighbor as Christ has loved the church. No. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart. That was it. And then they gave them other things. Don't wear this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go here. Certain they sit down. Don't do anything. On Certain they sit down. Eat and drink. But under the new covenant, God, Jesus, after he has fulfilled the law, upgraded the law. You love one another as I have loved you. And then you lay down your life for one another. He never told them under the law to lay down their lives for one another. He never told them that. He never told them. He said, but now we can see the love of God. We can perceive the love of God. We know the love of God. Now lay down your lives for one another. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning. I believe this word of exhortation has enlightened you. It has opened you up. And I believe you are ready. To offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Now I want all of us to make these confessions together. Hallelujah. It's a confession of offering ourselves as living sacrifice unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I offer my life unto you as a living sacrifice. From this day, this life is yours. For the advancement of your kingdom. For the promotion of your kingdom. Father, I lay down my life for the brethren. I lay down my life for the cause of the gospel. I will do whatever you tell me to do. Whatever, anywhere you want me to go. Whatever you want me to do. I will do it. Because you lay down your life for me. I am also laying down my life for you for the gospel and for the brethren. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. What a confession. What a confession you've just made right now. And just another another <clears throat> prayer we are going to do right now. In case you have been listening to us, you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. You can't lay down your life for the gospel, for the brethren, 
except you first and foremost give your life to him. When you give your life to him, then you cannot lay down your life. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your precious blood and write my name in the book of life. But this confession, I know I am born again. I am a candidate of heaven. Thank you for accepting me into the beloved. Thank you for baptizing me with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking in tongues. In Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I'm so excited that you have prayed this prayer. And please leave us a comment. Let us know that you gave your life to Christ listening to us or watching us. Please write that on, our, on the comment and we will reach out to you. We want to get to know you more. We want to help you to grow in your faith. Hallelujah. Please, I also ask you to do me a favor. Before we end this message, can you share it on your timeline? Share it. You know, just go to the messenger. Share it to all your contacts on your messenger. Hallelujah. And please, throughout the week, you can host watch party with this word. Understand, the harvest is sure. But the question is, is the sacrifice ready? The sacrifice is you. If you are willing to lay down your life, Christ is willing to release the harvest unto you. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his faith to shine upon you. And thank you so much for taking, your, for taking time out to and be part of this broadcast, being part of this word that God has given to us. Hallelujah. Throughout this month, we are still on the Father's love. Hallelujah. Next Sunday, we are coming out with another aspect of God's love, and you don't want to miss that. God bless you and keep you. God causes faith to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. This week, the favor of God will locate you. You are blessed of the Lord, which makes the heavens and the earth. You are blessed. You cannot be cursed. Peace. Shalom. See you next week. In Jesus' name. Amen.